Hey, what's going on everyone? This is Greg with SportsRehabExpert.com. This is going to be another episode of the Sports Rehab Expert Success Show, which you can find on iTunes, Stitcher, or YouTube. And uh, this episode's coming at you on New Year's Eve. Um, so if you are, have plans for New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, hope everybody has a safe and fun time with friends and family. Um, with whatever you may be doing um, and uh, something that uh, everybody kind of looks forward to in the new year is uh, you know new things that are to come so that is what today is is about with sports rehab expert um, I'm actually not in the clinic today I'm working on a continuing education course that is going to be available in 2020 for uh, sports rehab expert members so it's going to be inside our members area and that's going to be the big new thing for sports rehab expert is we've, we've had this members area since 2008 um, it's been articles and information that you can kind of sift through it's, it's basically like an encyclopedia of information that uh, you, you can find on the members area of sports rehab expert over the course of the years that we've developed but you know something that we haven't had uh, with the members areas is a CEU course um, so I think uh, a big benefit that I want to have for all of you who are members is uh, that you can get CEUs at a reasonable price. Um, something unfortunate with the profession now is that these CEUs are getting to be ridiculously outpriced. Um, and it's unfortunate because we pay a lot of money to go to school too. It's something I have another beef with too is the amount of cost incurred through university to get a degree and to ultimately um, help yourself, uh, you know, move forward as a clinician and as a professional to help more people and the expense that you're incurring for this is getting to be a little bit outrageous so uh, this this CU course that's going to be part of the new members area in 2020 is is, is no joke it's going to be 16 contact hours um, which you're in today's standard market here before 2020 if you're going to go to get a 16 contact hour CEU course you're probably paying somewhere in the mid 300s, possibly even over $500 for a course like this. But um, for being a member of Sports Rehab Expert, we're going to give it to you for free. And it only takes $97 for a year to be a member of Sports Rehab Expert. So um, it's of extreme value, and you're still going to be getting everything else in the members area too. So that's what's new for 2020. That's what I'm dedicating today for. It's just a filming day entirely for that course um, and it's going to be all about the foot so this course will change every single year um, and it'll be a part of this, the sports we have expert members area and there'll be a different CU course every single year this year's course is going to be on the foot so uh, stay tuned for that um, what I want to talk about today for the sports we have expert success show the podcast episode um, I've been fielding a couple questions from people just asking about my particular stance on um, the whole Zion Williamson knee injury and situation that's going on. Uh, there's been a lot of flack and a lot of people that are bashing the uh, Pelicans um, rehab staff, strength and conditioning staff, because uh, media has quoted them as uh, they're working on retraining Zion's gait or walking and ability to run um, per sources. So. Uh, there's been a lot of flack going around um, from both rehab and strength and conditioning professionals saying that they're, they're wasting their time with Zion doing this. And there's also been a lot of people on the other side of the spectrum who have been saying, you know, this is what's been needed all along. If you don't do this with Zion, he's going to fall apart in a matter of a couple years and he's going to be out of the league and no longer playing basketball. So 
it, this happens with everything. Usually there's two extreme point view vantages. Um, and one thing that I, I pride myself on at Sports Rehab Expert is, is taking those two extremes and, and, and finding a little bit better middle ground um, and having a little bit more of an unbiased opinion on, on situations. So uh, that's what I'm going to be trying to bring to you today. Um, so it's, it's going to be some lessons learned from the Zion Williamson issue with the knee. Um, and it's going to be uh, trying to take both sides of the coin, both sides of the situation, so you can ultimately decide um, what you feel is best. Now, obviously, you know, I got no, I, I don't know Zion. I've never met him. I've never looked at anything. I don't know anybody on the Pelicans rehabilitation staff. I just happen to be someone who teaches a sports rehabilitation um, uh, a course or continuing education platform. So people uh, obviously, uh, you know, kind of want to know my opinion. But again, I have no, uh, I don't know what's going on with this scenario. And neither does uh, 98% of the people, probably 99.9% .9 of the people on social media who are chiming in on this conversation too and making fun of it. So, uh, you know, just take that with a grain of salt. But I want to kind of go over four major points here. Um, first and foremost is, is probably the most obvious one, um, which is everybody's concerned about the amount of valgus that is occurring at the knee. That's the new hot button topic um, for any type of knee injury. Um, and a huge one, for Zion too, because if you, if you look at him just standing, it appears that he does have a little bit of knee valgus um, going on at, at his, his knee and just his body structure, um, which isn't inherently wrong, bad, and it probably lends its hand to some advantageous things for him on the basketball court too. But um, there's a lot of other people with those type of scenarios um, in that type of, uh, not necessarily his body type in general, but a valgus presentation at the knee. Um, there's a lot of people who have that, and it isn't necessarily a problem for everybody so long as you can control it. Um, and when you look at him on the court, he can control it. Uh, a lot of people say he has knee valgus when he plays, and, and you must understand that knee valgus is necessary for changing directions, um, for jumping to a certain extent too. Now, obviously, there is an extreme where you can go potentially too far. I mean, ideally, yes, we want to load somebody in a deeper degree of knee flexion, but if you're playing the sport of basketball, there's going to be situations and time periods where you're not, um, you're not going to be able to put the body in the most advantageous place possible um, just due to the given scenario and the amount of quickness that the game of basketball happens at. What you do want to see, though, is that he can, um, you know, control those knee valguses moments in a controlled environment. So uh, if, you, if you watch this on the YouTube, I'll, I'll try to put a couple clips up here in the video where uh, you can see him jumping um, as part of the pro day um, where he goes up and does a vertical jump test. And this is a, a, a moving approach too. It's not just a standing approach. So um, that movement forward and then transitioning horizontal momentum into a, a vertical force, which is very common in basketball in a controlled environment, he actually does it really, really well. Um, and, you know, I, I see absolutely zero things wrong with his technique in that in the controlled environment. And you watch him in a game, too. Yet he's very, very powerful. Um, but in a controlled drive where he has his mind set up and he wants to take the ball to the rack and try to go to the hoop, he does it really, really well um, and, and very mechanically efficiently well, too. Um, I see nothing wrong with his mechanics when he's playing basketball. The other side of the coin, though, is what he does on a day-to-day -day basis, how he walks around. Um, you could say that, you know, that's part of his 
you know, strut or swag as he's walking around. Um, or potentially that is how he actually walks. Again, I, I don't personally know him or anything of that nature. So, uh, but one thing when you do watch him walk, that's a very common gait pattern for someone who has hip, hip pain. Um, he's dealing with a knee issue. We know the knee, if uh, there's limitations in range of motion or uh, controlled variability at the hip, that knee issues could ensue. So again, that would be something that you would want to kind of look at uh, is just his ability to move his hips, um, both passively than actively being able to obtain um, triplanar control of a pelvis and a femur. Um, those are things that you would want to consider as well. Again, I, I don't know the situation, um, but if he can passively do it, then it becomes a, a matter of seeing if he can actively control that. If he can't passively do it, uh, then we need to look at why potentially he can't do it. And then also there's the whole concept of, um, you know, maybe because of his particular body type and makeup that makes him such a great athlete that this has reduced his variability at the pelvis and the hips and it's allowed him to display more power, but uh, potentially long term that that is not necessarily an advantageous thing for a uh, longer career. Um, so there's a little bit of a, a weighing scale there that you have to do there. Um, I'm personally more on the side of not selecting interventions um, that aren't necessary. Um, so I would be very hesitant to try to change anything um, in Zion, um, in particular, especially as it relates to basketball and dynamic movement, because he does that very, very well. Um, but as we'll talk in a, a little bit, I also think some of the things he does on a lower level does warrant some consideration. So uh, we'll come back to that in just a moment. But um, number two is, you know, realize this is an injury that happened. You don't need to try to overly um, analyze this situation. And I think this goes for any injury for that matter is first and foremost, you need to, you know, take the low hanging fruit, which is restore range of motion get the strength back, strength symmetry back into the limbs um, and do the simple things correctly. Um, and that, that may be already happening behind the scenes that we don't see with the Pelicans. Um, it's doing the simple things right. And then, you know, what they could be doing now is just, okay, now that we've pretty much addressed all the, you know, the, the most important problems um, in, in restoring his previous level of function, now we're starting to consider, okay, um, what is some longer term better uh, solutions for you um, because that does change over time you know if, if you look on Zion he's a very powerful player um, he's a very strong person I, I don't think he needs to get stronger um, obviously he could lose a little bit of weight too and that would probably be advantageous um, but he certainly doesn't need to get stronger he's very much a, a powerful player he's very much a, a pusher uh, but then that that also extrapolates to what he does daily too and I, I think that's where we're trying to get at with the pelicans um when and again it, it's probably been misconstrued through the media and, and like a game of telephone where the message just gets misconstrued over and over again um but if we're talking about what would be ideal for zion is again he's 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 next to none as far as the power and the athleticism displayed on the court um, but then when you, you look at him doing very simple tasks, such as walking and just moving around and, and doing very low-level activities, he takes his his power, strut, and force into those lower-level lab activities all the time, too. And I think that's that's probably something that longer term, that, that what 
people are looking into is just that your body needs to go into rest recovery and, and not use this very um, sympathetic driven strategy all the time when you're just doing very simple things um, because uh, there's a lot of other time in the day that he is not playing basketball um, and if he's always this very you know toned up sympathetic driven um, unable to to move freely and fluidly just during daily life that can kind of start to add up over time um, from a biomechanics standpoint and this is this is you know we're all well aware that load management can be a very uh, useful thing for reducing injuries from a, a standpoint of, of monitoring someone's minutes throughout the whole year, um, especially when they're coming back from an injury. Um, but what we tend to fail to realize too is that biomechanics is a uh, is its own version of um, load management as well. Uh, and if if you look at studies for, from like running. And jogging we know that biomechanically there are some things that can be done to more efficiently take load off of uh, structures so things such as something simple as quickening somebody's cadence um, while they're jogging decreases uh, the the stress through um, knee ankle hip um, exponentially from just increasing the cadence and distributing that stress over um, a number of different strides uh, so why can't that also be extrapolated to what Zion is doing from a walking standpoint? Um, if, if things can be um, a little bit done a little bit more efficiently, um, or a little bit more movement coordination or potentially more movement awareness of that lower level task, um, and, it, and it happens at a little bit more efficient standpoint, then that's just a very uh, small amount of stress reduction that happens, but it happens on a day-to-day -day basis and that can accumulate into a, a large amount of stress reduction um, to his joints, muscles, and tissues over the long period of time, which uh, it, that, that, that becomes very important and that becomes a game changer, especially with a high-level athlete who is looking for any type of uh, advantage that they can get um, over, over their competition and as they're trying to prolong their career, um, which arguably is, is Zion's biggest thing, we would say, would be um, it's, it's not a matter of how effective he could be in the NBA. It's a matter of how long he can stay in the NBA. So um, the, from a, a performance standpoint, um, you're really not trying to improve his athleticism because he's already a better athlete than anybody else on the court. That's not what, limit, that's not what limiting is limiting him from playing basketball. It's his, it's his availability. So number one, again, this, this appears to be more of just a, a fluke incident from a, a previous injury that he had playing in college um, that we could relate as being a traumatic incident. So we don't need to overanalyze this because there is a specific reason of why he potentially is in pain, which is known. So we need to first and foremost get the low-hanging fruit, which is address range of motion, strength, and um, uh, you know, getting that symmetry back into the, to the leg um, then on top of that again this was going to happen at some point in time even if he didn't get hurt at some point in time in your career you transition from more of a performance standpoint to more of a longevity standpoint just look at vince carter arguably one of the best athletes to ever play the game he is not doing things the way he used to do uh the least the way he used to to play um or the way he more than likely used to even train too likely that's changed over the years as he has um, been able to prolong his career. Um, he's, he's taken a, an 
obvious, a very important standpoint from a longevity um, and trying to do things right for his body from a longevity standpoint as opposed to a performance standpoint, which has been why he's had such a long and successful career. So at some point in time, that was going to be the transition that happened to Zion, even if he didn't get hurt. So, um, you know, this is this is a very important part of it. I have no problem that the individuals uh, are working on um, some type of gait or some type of movement coordination with him um, because that is very important. Now, obviously, there's ways you could go about doing it that are, you know, very, very silly. And there's other ways that you could go about doing it that could be very advantageous, too. Um, that's beyond the scope of this podcast to discuss what we feel would be the right way of kind of going about training, movement coordination, variability, and dynamic gait activities or, you know, running, jogging. Uh, but, uh, you know, that, that is definitely something that should be considered. And, you know, if you ask any long distance runner, um, they, they can tell you the importance of monitoring technique of running. Um, so, why is technique of walking, gates, jogging, any different? Um, if you're trudging along when you're walking, you obviously are not very efficiently distributing stress throughout your entire body, and that can have a very um, uh, impactful or negative consequences over a long period of time. Um, so it, it would behoove Zion to be doing something to try to help that out. Um, again, there's, there's better ways to kind of work on that than others. It's beyond the scope of this podcast. Um, but just to leave you with an analogy, um, if, if you don't work on these type of things, it'd be essentially like uh, nutrition and, and having the best nutrition five days a week. But on Saturday and Sunday, you decide that you're going to binge drink and you're going to eat all the pizza and just watch Netflix. You know, you're doing everything right the majority of the time. But, you know, when you uh, when you extrapolate those other two days, that can have a very negative consequence on your overall health and well-being. Same thing with Zion, like he could be doing everything necessary and he looks great out on the basketball court and doing these dynamic activities and he, he looks great while playing basketball, but if he's walking around and, and trudging around every step that he takes, um, again, it, that potentially has some negative consequences over a long period of time. There's no way of proving that, um, but again, when you're in the league and you're trying to do every single thing you can do to optimize and optimize your career for longevity purposes, um, you, you need to look for those little small gains that you can have that can have a very large range of uh, a large rate of return um, when done over a, a, an extended period of time. So that's the way I see it. Um, again, I, I would just make sure that you're, you're not missing any of the basic stuff, which is again, range of motion, strength. Do not need to overcomplicate that, but once that's been done, again, at some point in time, you're going to shift from a performance standpoint to more of a longevity standpoint, and these little things certainly matter um, over a long period of time. So, um, again, hope that helps uh, clarify some things. Who, uh, you know, if you're looking on social media, there's been a lot of extremism on either vantage point. Hopefully that gives you a little bit more of a neutral standpoint and, and, and seeing either ends of the spectrum so that you can ultimately decide uh, what you uh, feel is right to do given a certain situation that might present to you in your clinic or your scenario or your gym. Um, so uh, I talk about that in the player profile through the Sports Rehab Expert Certification process um, where we're always looking for, um, you know, what can we continue to optimize. What is the person already doing well? What quality do they already have that they that we just need to continue optimizing? And then what are some qualities that we can 
start spending more time on improving um, to try to make a more overall well-rounded human being. So um, that's that's the way I look at it. Um, you, you're more than welcome to have a difference in opinion. Um, but all that I ask of you is if you have a difference in opinion and want to state that, uh, you state it in a constructive manner and you put it in the comments below. I'm more than happy to uh, reach back out and have a conversation with you. Uh, but it must be done in a constructive manner. I'm not going to spend my time wasting my time with people who uh, who, who give extremism points of view and uh, don't want to see any other side of the equation. So um, that's it for me. Hope you all have a new year. Happy New Year's and uh, looking forward to talking with you in 2020.